This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late. And that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry. And our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com slash KeepStock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done. Need an extra hand with dinner? Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot, and Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology will fill it with the perfect amount of water. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to discover more. When you're a pro, your reputation is built and proven over time. That's why the Home Depot carries Loctite PL Premium Max construction adhesive, the strongest on the market. It stays 100% solid after curing. It won't develop air pockets. And like your reputation, it holds up over time. Right now, get 12 or more for the bulk price of only $8.53 each. Loctite PL Premium Max at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Minimum purchase required, U.S. only. Get today. Here's the scenario. You're injured in a collision and your insurance company is denying your claim. It happens far too often. If it happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. My team and I work for people just like you. We don't accept cases on behalf of insurance companies, so you and your family can make sure that you're in good hands. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Get Goldfinger today. You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk to you. Ye freebooting landlubbers, welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast, where the Toronto Pirates steal Joel Embiid's soul to be sold later at auction. And uh, so please excuse that from me, but um, fun game, the Raptors. This is the Raptors Reaction Podcast, by the way. I'm your host, Samson Folk, and you're joining me after the Raptors' extremely fun and inspiring win against Philadelphia 76ers. They won 101 to 96, capped off by a fantastic and badass dunk from Pascal Siakam. That was awesome to see, but there's a whole game before it, so I'll get into that before we get into anything else. The game started out as it does often for the Raptors with a good amount of defense. It did help that the 76ers weren't really sure how they wanted to operate. They did eventually figure it out. But early on, the 76ers didn't know what they wanted to do offensively. They didn't know if they wanted to run it through Horford in the high post or get Embiid going in the low post. They tried the latter, and Embiid obviously was not able to do much against Marcus Hall. The former, they weren't getting any type of shots that they really liked, eventually realizing that they'd have to run the offense through Ben Simmons, making really creative passes and having guys like Tobias Harris, Josh Richardson try and shoot them out of the the type of hole they've created for themselves because their offense doesn't run together 
all that smoothly. But that was how the game started out. The Raptors came out on an 8-0 run, I believe. And I saw that Yahoo Sports NBA tweeted out that if you count Kawhi's buzzer beater from last year, the Raptors are on a 10-0 run versus the 76ers, which is really funny. And uh, not something, not a joke I would have thought of, but very good. Very, very good. To start things off, the 76ers actually put Joel Embiid on OG Ananobi as opposed to Pascal Siakam. Ben Simmons drew the Siakam matchup in this one. And Siakam throughout the game actually did a really great job of skirting him, getting mismatches elsewhere, and getting away from Ben Simmons, who is a very, very good defender in the league, all-NBA defense level for sure, same as OG Ananobi on the other side of the floor, and Pascal Siakam once he figures out how to mix in the proper amount of energy on offense and defense. He's obviously adjusting to his new role offensively, and that takes time. As both teams, because the 76ers do have a really good defense, and after the 8-0 start for the Raptors, things did kind of grind down a little bit. Van Vliet obviously trying very hard on offense to get things going, but it's a big defense for the 76ers. They kept the pace of the game really slow, which benefits them, obviously, as opposed to the Raptors. They really pushed the Raptors on their own on the defensive glass, getting a lot of offensive rebounds. They were finding Josh Richardson when he was relocating on offense or even off some pin downs. He also got a few pick and roll um, possessions, and he was able to hit jumpers off of that. Really good game for him, and he pushed the 76ers out to a 34-28 lead after the first quarter. But even though the Raptors were down six, it was pretty evident that the 76ers offense wasn't going to be consistently outmanning the Raptors defense. The Raptors defense was very much there to defend the 76ers, even though they did allow 34 points. And that's evidenced by the 96 points that the 76ers ended up scoring for the whole game. The Raptors, they did figure it out, and it did come out on the other side very well. And that really was evidenced by the Raptors' defense in the second quarter, which it really seemed like they figured out Philadelphia in that one. That quarter especially because they held them, I believe it was to 2 of 14 shooting at one point. I'm not sure what they finished with fully on the quarter, but the Raptors' defense did a pretty good job of squeezing the 76ers into uncomfortable positions, a lot of of end-of-shot-clock looks, not super great three-point shooters getting looks, or decent three-point shooters shooting off rhythm, and basically Gasol, uh, how many minutes did he play in this game? Let me check. Gasol played 34 minutes and 34 seconds. Embiid, 31 minutes and 57 seconds, so actually played more than Embiid in this one, but Gasol was in the game for most of the runtime, and that meant that the paint was locked down for the most part. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson came through in a big way in the second quarter, really eyeing the baseline and making great cuts alongside it and hanging out in the dunker spot as we've seen him do for a large part of his games this year. Just Rondé Hollis-Jefferson things. He was also really good defensively. His rotations were on point. The Raptors having OG Hollis-Jefferson and Pascal Siakam out there all at the same time and being able to switch a lot of the actions above the break while Gasol mans and beat in the middle. All really good things for the Raptors defense, who ended up holding the 76ers to 15 points in the second frame. That type of stuff is really, really good for the Raptors, and it shows you how deep they might be when the playoffs come around, especially since they don't even have Kyle Lowry. They don't even have Serge Ibaka, two of their better defenders on the team. 
but the Raptors, their depth not only has been punching above its weight offensively, I think, but has been holding what it was supposed to be defensively because Rondé Hollis-Jefferson was signed as a defender, I think, in the offseason, and he's been much better offensively finding the soft spots against defenses than what we might have expected. And that happened in the second quarter. He was really big. I think he had 11 points in the quarter. Just did a really good job cutting to the rim, getting after it, even getting out on the break when the Raptors had an opportunity. Like I said, it was a pretty slow-paced game. But Rondé Hollis-Jefferson really changed the fabric of the second quarter. It's really cool that the Raptors have bench guys like that after the bench mob was a really big part of the Raptors before. And last year it got disassembled because Pascal Siakam went to the starting lineup and there was just, it was different, right? And Dwan Wright and CJ Miles got traded away. It's really cool that the Raptors are starting to form this new identity as a bench unit, not maybe as a unit actually, but that there's a lot of standout players coming off the bench. And not only are they able to play well as a unit, but they're able to play well while they play with the starters. And that's especially apparent with Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, who I think has done a fantastic job stepping in and filling the gaps, whether it's in the lane or defensively. He's just doing a great job fitting in with the Raptors' better players. Second quarter was kind of tough for Norman Powell, and that was touched on quite a bit on the broadcast. Maybe maybe too much, I thought. I didn't think he was as bad as the numbers were purporting him to be. But that's okay because he, he did come around in a big way. Terrence Davis was having a quiet game to that point, moving his feet on defense, obviously using his very strong body to influence drivers who were trying to grind him down to the rim. Lots of good things from the Raptors in the second quarter and really set the scene for what was a really fun quarter in the third where both teams, it finally seemed like both clicked on offense. Not only was... Simmons better offensively for the 76ers. He was able to get going downhill more often, and that what that meant for the 76ers was that he could spray to the corners more often for good three-point looks, or he could put the pressure on the Raptors' defense and maybe sometimes get a layup. Those types of things were happening. Cool to see that both teams clicked at the same time. The Raptors weren't able to hold the 76ers under 30 points in that quarter, but the Raptors for themselves scored 30 we saw the Raptors starting to use a lot more screen and roll with Pascal Siakam. Early on in the game, we saw a quick little, it didn't seem like it was called, it just seemed like Van Vliet being a heady player, recognizing that Siakam had Simmons on him, going over there, providing a screen for the 4-1 pick and roll. That turned out to be something they went to later on. A lot of efforts to get Siakam switches, and basically Tobias Harris became food for Pascal Siakam in the third quarter. That also happened in the fourth quarter, but we're not there yet. Siakam stepped up in the third, and I thought that was meaningful that the Raptors were seeing, okay, the 76ers' defense is tough, but Siakam's being really diligent and getting switches off ball and driving and putting pressure on the 76ers' defense that they have a go-to option, and that was something that was seen throughout the game. Fred VanVleet as well, I thought, did an awesome job creating looks going downhill. And not only that, but Marcus Gasol... He did a really good job of flashing to the middle of the floor to receive passes and then surveying a moving 76ers defense because Van Vliet and Pascal received a lot of attention in this one. Pascal, especially when he would get the switch, they were really trying to double to get the ball out of his hands. Van Vliet, they were doing, the 76ers really wanted the ball out of his hands as he brought it up the floor, forcing him to pass it off to someone else like Siakam to bring it up. 
So Gasol being present and being the playmaker that he is flashing to the middle of the floor so he can survey with the court in front of him, that meant that Van Vliet was able to start cutting off ball to do some relocation, which we haven't seen as much of since Kyle Lowry's been injured, but is an aspect of Van Vliet's game that he's good at. Those types of things got the Raptors offense clicking for the 76ers, Josh Richardson, um, Tobias Harris. They, they shot the ball. They poured it in a little bit, and that set the stage for a fourth quarter that was really, really fun and a defensive spectacle for the Raptors especially. They held the Philadelphia 76ers to 16 points, even as the 76ers kept putting a ton of pressure on them on the offensive glass, and the Raptors really needed a lot of gang rebounding sessions. One of the things I'd like to highlight down the stretch was that Norman Powell grabbed two huge rebounds down the stretch. He also, when the Raptors were down, I believe it was 94 to 88, I think Powell came in and cashed a triple. And even though he did struggle to that point, I believe he was 2 of 10 in in the game to that point. But Nurse put him back in the game, trusted in him. They ran a really nice play for Van Vliet to... Run, well, run, take a drag screen, get going, get even with the basket and throw that wrap pass on the baseline. They set a screen on the other side for Powell to, to go clean and open into the corner, caught the ball, hit the jumper. That type of proficiency in that play from both Van Vliet, Powell, the screeners who set good screens in that situation, that's really cool to see. And it's really nice that Powell was able to pay it off by making the shot, shaking off the the rough two or three the rough two quarters that came in the middle of the game for him Terrence Davis before I get towards the real end of the game Terrence Davis did a really good job I thought in this one of creating with Marcus All when he was on the floor with him in tandem and I thought that was super evident because Davis his acumen as far as running the pick and roll is not at a level of Kyle Lowry or Fred VanVleet obviously but in this one he did a really good job of creating two on one scenarios going downhill. Uh, comes to mind uh, a screen situation with Gasol where he completely slows up his own momentum, lets the defender ram into him before bumping the defender into the Gasol screen and going 100% shoulder-to-shoulder with Gasol, completely closing off the defender, getting the two-on-one downhill because not only is he behind Davis, but now he's behind Gasol for Gasol to either pop out if he wants to or to follow Davis towards the rim for the two-on-one. Whatever, it's up to Gasol to decide in that scenario. But Davis did end up going downhill, had a nice bounce pass to Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. Things happen like that. And Davis, I thought, showed really, really good playmaking when headed downhill in this one. And that was really nice to see. And it's nice to see meaningful developments in his game so early in the season from Game 1 to, what is this, Game 16? Something like that. It's really cool to see players do that and progress that way because... Rondé Hollis-Jefferson has been awesome, but he hasn't improved his game with the Raptors or anything like that. You know what I mean? He, he's been this player. He's the player the Raptors wanted to sign because I thought that, I thought that, and the Raptors surely thought that he was undervalued by the market because he doesn't shoot the three, and that has certainly turned out to be a factor for the Raptors that he was undervalued by the market, and he's providing way above his contract's value right now. and that's, But that doesn't mean that he's improved a ton. It just means that he's 
performing really well, and he has been this player and is now being put in an opportunity. Seems like Davis has been improving. As far as the end of the game, it seemed like it really started once Powell checked back into the game. The Raptors really locked down on defense. I think they only allowed two or three points in the last four minutes. Really impressive stuff. Actually, you know what? I think it might have been only two points in the last five minutes because it was 94-88, Powell checked in, and then the Raptors won 101-96, to which is kind of hilarious. That's funny. Um, what a job by the Raptors defensively to limit them to two points in the final five minutes, and what a job offensively to produce points, and that was really... I think that was a, an effect of Pascal Siakam down the stretch, really doing some superstar-esque stuff, that spin into the lane for the end one, shedding Horford, rolling into the M- Embiid who was coming to challenge him and getting the end one over top of him, hitting his free throw, taking the lead. Those are huge plays. Those are really meaningful, and that's, that is really something to see. But also... The Van Vliet shot that was made before that was so cool because Pascal dribbled down the left side of the court. He gets the double. He dribbles back up. Gasol flashes to the middle of the floor. Pascal finds him. Gasol surveys, finds Van Vliet on the right side of the court above the break. Van Vliet, terrific spot-up shooter. He hits the triple. It's now 96-94. That obviously set the stage for... Siakam's big play and the Raptors they kind of figured it out from there on out just really really high level basketball from the Raptors and they made their free throws down the stretch shout out to Van Vliet for that but what a game honestly and without Lowry and Ibaka because it's tough with how good the team has been to remember oh two of (laughs) their best players aren't on the team right now and haven't been for quite some time but the Raptors, they did it without Larry Arabaca. And as much slander has been thrown around towards the 76ers, they're a good team. They're a really good team. And I expect them to be there at the end of the year. They're, it's either them or the Bucks that I expect the Raptors to go through because I fully suspect that the Celtics are frauds. Okay. By the way, just as an aside, the Celtics are frauds. They're not going to be there at the end of the year. So. They're not ready yet. Tatum needs to become the focal point, not Kemba Walker. So we'll wait until Tatum is older than eight years old, whatever he's uh, supposed to be, and then we'll see how the Celtics do against the Raptors. But for now, it looks like to me that it's Raptors, Bucks, 76ers. Maybe the Heat, but the 76ers absolutely creamed the Heat the other night, and they held them to like 35 points and three quarters or something like that so even more impressive that the Raptors were able to score Siakam was able to have a really good diligent game of working off ball working for mismatches and Fred Van Vliet what a job by him to keep his motor running for most of the game and I know Rondé Hollis Jefferson is always going to be in the running for the the Reggie Evans award and a part of me wants to give it to him in this one but I got to give it to Fred Van Vliet. His defense was awesome tonight, as it has been almost all year. And the way he's driving the offense right now, his willingness to keep pushing all the time, and his ability to create going downhill, just a lot of things that have not been valued as highly as they should be this year, I think. It is hard 
to be the number one guard on a team that wins and goes 12-4. and four. It's hard to be really, really... It's hard not to be a great player and lead a team to that type of record. And yes, he's in tow with Pascal Siakam. The Raptors have a great defense. But Fred Van Vliet is doing a really commendable job as lead guard. And it's been, it's been really fun to watch him this year. The Mitchell Robinson Award, as ever, will go to Joel Embiid who I think prides himself on being a little bit villainous. And it was very, very rich to see the villain uh, take such a, such a fall in this one because obviously everyone remembers the airplane motion when he was doing that. I believe it was game four, sorry, game three when the 76ers went up 2-1 in the series, the series that they lost, and then the Raptors went on to win the championship, of course. But uh, yeah, lots of lots of really cool things to see, and very happy. I like Embiid personally. I I think he's a good player, and I really like him. But it is uh it is very satisfactory to see someone that braggadocious go down shooting. What was it? Oh for eleven, scoring zero points. Marcus All, what a job he did in this one, and uh, yeah. Villainous is uh, Joel Embiid, so he'll he'll win the Mitchell Robinson Award. The top quick reaction comment from Truth Teller. LeBron's dream of becoming the first father to play with his son in the NBA can't happen because of Gasol and Embiid. Yeah, I saw this dialogue online, and they were saying he's too mean to be considered a father to Joel Embiid. And I saw someone posit that maybe instead of a father to Joel Embiid, he's like an Uncle Vernon to Joel Embiid's Harry Potter. And when Embiid tries to put up a three-point shot, everybody in their minds will now think, no post on Sundays. And a Hagrid has not appeared in Joel Embiid's life to come save him as Marcus All's version of Uncle Vernon. He'll not be going! And Joel Embiid runs over to the Hagrid figure to save him from Marcus All's Uncle Vernon. I don't know how deep this thing goes, but it's. Uh, I liked that one online. That definitely... Marcus Saul keeps Joel Embiid trapped under the stairs. He's a recluse, and uh, yeah, he just he he's not a very good father to his son if he is a father. So I like the idea that it's more of an Uncle Vernon, a very uh, a very mean figure in his life. But also that does fly in the face of Embiid and Gasol having that moment at the end of Game Seven, and Gasol being very very uh, patronly in that he was able to to soothe Embiid's, uh, I guess, high emotions at the end of that game. But this is getting long-winded already. I thoroughly enjoyed this game. I hope you thoroughly enjoyed this podcast and the game, whether you're getting into this in the morning or at night. Have a blessed day, and goodbye. Everyone needs more vacation, right? The new United Gateway card knows how to take you away with great travel rewards and no annual fee, ever. The wait for vacation is over. Tap now or visit unitedgatewaycard.com to apply. When you're a pro, your reputation is built and proven over time. That's why the Home Depot carries Loctite PL Premium Max Construction Adhesive, the strongest on the market. It stays 100% solid after curing. It won't develop air pockets. And like your reputation, it holds up over time. Right now, get 12 or more for the bulk price of only $8.53 each. Loctite PL Premium Max at The Home Depot. 
how doers get more done. Minimum purchase required, U.S. only. For the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them, we are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com slash safety, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.